0: Politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and men standing at the ready to guard our liberty to the one and only CR Podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back in the house for another terrific week of broadcast, full of more opportunities to fight. Fight for our values, fight to restore our liberties. But, folks, that's going to take leadership. And we don't have any leadership in the modern day phony conservative movement. So, we got to create it on our own. Hope you guys had a great weekend. It is February 22nd, the true birthday of George Washington. This is the day we should be celebrating, as I noted uh, last Monday when we celebrate this misnamed, and concocted, contrived President's Day because he was a true leader. Who is going to be our George Washington? And I think the answer is nobody. We all have to get together and create our own movement. And that's what we're going to be talking about this week throughout the next couple of weeks as we grow to create our our, our own state Liberty Strike Force teams. Boy, if there was ever a time where this was needed, It is now. It is now. Where do I begin from a weekend like this? Do we start with our border being overrun with illegals? Being let in during the same time that pandemic is being used to lock down Americans in their own communities? Do I begin with the violence in the Philadelphia suburbs? Where a 17-year-old punk who should have been locked up long ago shoots at a bunch of kids in a bowling alley in a suburban neighborhood because we don't lock up anyone anymore? Do I start with at the same time we're locking up nobody, we're locking up Trump supporters for nothing more than trespassing charges on public property, mind you, while the Capitol Police admits now they let them in and they're being held without bail. More stories of that going on. Do I start with Fauci's sadistic lies? Of him now openly admitting this is going to go on until 2022, which means forever, when we now have information from him in 2014 when he opposed a sensible, limited quarantine when it would have actually worked because he felt it would violate the dignity of human beings. Do I start with the fact that most GOP legislatures are doing nothing for us and there's no leadership to guide us and fight for what's right in the states where we supposedly have majorities. Do I begin with the war on whites. And the systemic racism that we see at every level. Of corporate and culture, cultural America. Obviously the Koch story. Saying we, we need to stop being too white. Whatever that means. And do we talk about the double standard in the Supreme Court. With three out of the six GOP appointed Supreme Court justices. Roberts, Kavanaugh, and Barrett joining with the left to say the Pennsylvania election case is moot. Ha ha ha. We told you, don't worry, let's talk about it after the election. And then when they win an election on it, well, they won the election already. So now it's moot. So now the chicanery from the non-state legislative actors, be they governors, be they secretaries of state, be they state or lower federal courts, get to determine elections for the nation. Oh, and by the way, COVID's going to continue until 2022, so therefore, the same elections that were stolen under cover of COVID will happen again. (laughs) Tall order, lots going on, so we're not going to get to all of it today, but we will hopefully get to it this week. First off, today's sponsor, as always on Monday, constitutioncoach.com. If you want to start building leadership, that's kind of our first leadership summit. Constitution coach trains patriots in the Constitution so you could start your own constitutional training, which is kind of what we're doing, but we're parlaying it into action in each community. But they do this in a, in a fun way. They bring you out to Front site Nevada, and Pahrump, where you get the best defense training and handgun usage and shooting you can ever get. It runs the gamut from, you know, if you're a first-timer versus someone who has a lot of training, all of you will gain a lot from it. Be very jealous that you didn't come to our February trip because the the weather was just amazing, but you go to constitutioncoach.com, you get 90% off the front-site training. It's just $150 for the four-day class, 100 bucks for the two-day class. Obviously, you have to pay for your own gear and ammo and the flight. And the next trip is March 21st. There's another one March 25th. And then I will be at the May 30th trip. So you could decide whether you want to meet me or you'd rather the cooler weather in March. Um, That is up to you. But either way, you are missing a vacation, defense training, constitution training, and the opportunity to meet up with other patriots and form your own Liberty Strike Force groups. It doesn't get better than that. ConstitutionCoach.com intellectual ammo, and real ammo training. Okay, so folks, Patrick Henry warned in 1788, show me that age and country where the rights and liberties of the people were placed on the sole chance of their rulers being good men without a consequent loss of liberty. I say that the loss of that dearest privilege has ever followed with absolute certainty every such mad attempt. What are we waiting for, folks? Well, the problem is we're waiting for leaders, and we don't have any. We quite literally don't have any. This is why I need you to subscribe to our show on iTunes, give it a five-star rating, send it to every one of your friends, because nobody else is discussing this. It's funny. Just before I started today, a friend of mine was texting me, and he said... Why are you the only one who will say it? All the other conservative commentators are busy focusing on the left instead of the right. Meaning we have to create our own army. And, and it was the context of this discussion of the Supreme Court decision today where I've been warning already that Amy Barrett's been screwing us. And here we go. Kavanaugh. Every single time. Every single time. I told you the courts are a one-way street. I explained for years how it's a one-way street, how this attempt to appoint better judges is not going to help. But here we are. Here we are, because we don't have leaders. So Fauci is now out there saying this is going to go on till 2022. Okay? Let's go on till 2022. And normally I don't do this. I don't like naming specific people. And, you know, I I just don't like making it personal because it's not, but I think the point here is very strong about the lack of leadership. We're going to have this CPAC convention next week, and it's a showcase of everything that's wrong with this movement. All the people that have failed us, they're all there to take selfies in front of the dead carcass of America, to promote their books, to promote themselves but not to actually focus on what matters and what we can do to make a difference. Twitchy, one of these like, you know, conservative ink type of things on online, they put out, quote, nailed it. Ben Shapiro explains why he's no longer willing to give Dr. Anthony Fauci the benefit of the doubt. So finally it pushed him over the edge one of the top voices on the right who has an audience much larger than mine and could do so much with it, oh my gosh, if I had an audience that large, what I would do with it. It took 11 months into the worst fascism, the most illegal, the most immoral, the most illogical, and the most inhumane power grabs in the history of the settlement of this continent. 11 months later, When the outcome is almost immutable already, and there's not much we can do about it, or it's a lot harder to do something about it, Fauci should be fired, he put out on Twitter, Ben Shapiro. I gave Fauci the benefit of the doubt for a full year here, but he's simply not an apolitical voice. I'm not saying he's badly motivated, I'm saying as a top voice for COVID fighting in the U.S., his mixed messaging is harmful. Note, I didn't say Trump should fire him. In fact, I said precisely the opposite. I'm saying that if the Biden administration messaging around vaccines has been terrible, and Fauci is a major part of it, Biden should can him. And it's like, yeah, but Biden's not going to listen to a conservative commentator. Trump was more in tune with our voices. That was the time to get rid of him. A blind person could have seen this. I've been showing you this data And their motivations, chapter and verse, you are my witnesses. But it's not just me. There's been some good writers, rationalground.com, but they don't have the big voices. A lot of people have noted to me how if you look at the top 20 rated radio shows and podcast hosts on the right, their opposition to the COVID fascism was awfully muted. He downright supported the mass mandate. Now he's slowly getting off of it because... Those of us that don't earn the big bucks did the hard work to expose the truth when, oh, I don't know. On Twitter, everyone's supporting it. I have to put my finger in the wind. Oh, no. George Floyd, yes, yes, yes. It was so bad. What happened? Oh, we need police. Oh, no. Oh, it's terrible. January 6th, what happened? Oh, they killed a cop. Oh, well, they didn't kill a cop, but um, this is not who we are and the damage is already done, the lie is promulgated, and then it no longer matters. It all gets back to the famous quote from Mark Twain. In the beginning of A Change, the patriot is a scarce man, and brave, and hated and scorned. When his cause succeeds, the timid join him, for then it costs nothing to be a patriot. What they do is the left will come up with a certain premise. And they're not stupid. They'll make it scary. They'll make it something that connects with you. They're not going to tell you they're lying. And it's going to take courage and acumen to cut through it. And I'll jump in right away and just deracinate the premise of the lie. These other guys will tiptoe in and be like, yeah, they're kind of right. But, you know, I think you're going one level too far. Then when we finally spend months building the case, and it becomes clear, like, you know, with children not being vectors of spread, yeah, you know, schools should be open. Yeah, you know, maybe masks don't work. Well, now how do we get our liberty back? How do you have an army when its top-rated generals are not only not using every tool at their disposal to fight the enemy but actually join with them and walk the ball in the end zone for them and then regret it when it's too late and the ball is no longer in play now again hopefully the ball is in play and there's stuff we can do but you get the point and it's going to come out that way with the election law too But at the time, no, 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 you're saying it's stolen. That is not what happens in America. That can't happen. Stop it. Trump lost and, and start, try winning elections better. Well, we can't win elections if the state legislature, you know, is not able to control it. Well, win back the legislature. Well, we have the legislature and the courts do. Well, appoint better judges. Well, we did appoint better judges and they're allowing the lower courts to stand. Well, uh, I don't know. I mean, this is the type of leadership we have. CPAC is a commercial for the 30-year failure of this movement since Reagan. There is no leadership whatsoever. But look, I'm doing that. ConAction.network. Again, we're building a better website, and I'm trying to get the organizational structure in place so I don't disappoint you. So in other words... I know a lot of you have signed up, and in almost every state, we have enough people to start a team. In states like Florida and Texas, we have several we could start several teams. Um, but I'm not ready to appoint team leaders and start getting off the ground just because we have to have the the technology and the and the organizational structure in place to make it work. I am kicking myself. I didn't do this a few months earlier, so we would have been prepared for you know the legislative season. in in the state legislatures, but there will be a lot to fight for, but keep signing up, and that's the best I can do. But you could imagine, you could imagine what some big names could do. You know, let let me give you a, a, a great example of this. Great example. So, today, my colleague here at The Blaze, Dave Rubin, he put out how he was on an American Airlines flight, and the person announces twice the stupid mask mandate, and then throws in some stupid line of, and don't eat your peanuts one by one or something, like, as if, to say not to use that as, as, as a excuse to keep your mask down for too long. And I tweeted at, um... <clears throat> at, what's his name, at, at American Airlines, at their Twitter handle, and I said... Look, you know you guys are violating every aspect of OSHA, of the proper, the breaks that need to be made, the proper type of respirator masks don't work, and they say it, and the way you treat your employees, and I I was shocked because I'm not, you know, I'm not such a big name, I I have a blue check mark, I have, you know, I look like somewhat of an official type of guy that has somewhat of an audience and is known, but not that big. 100,000 followers, not a million followers, not 5 million followers on Twitter. But I was surprised they answered me. You know, I kind of, because I tweeted out a video of OSHA, so that kind of put them on defense. And they answer back, as of February 2nd, we've aligned our mass policy with the U.S. government mandate. So I tweeted back at them. Now, there's a lot of things I could have said, but I said, well, wait a minute. You guys put that in place Months upon months before February 2nd. I mean, that's nothing new. So what's your excuse for that? And of course, that much they haven't responded. But I was thinking, what if you had the Sean Hannity's and the Ben Shapiro's and all these guys banging away for months at these stories of the two-year-olds and the, 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 the human rights violations and the lawsuits, people with money that I don't have, but they have, to help push lawsuits? Nothing. Where is their leadership? I'll be honest with you. I'm doing this Constitution Action Network idea for selfish reasons to a certain extent. It's so I could feel good about myself. <laughs> now, it's not what you think I mean. It's that I want to go before God who owns all the results. The results are for him. We have to try And say, look, I tried. I did. I have an audience. I don't have the biggest audience. I have some clout. I have some influence. Not the biggest influence. And I try to do everything I can with what I have. I can't say for sure these Liberty Strike Force teams would work. But I can't imagine how they won't work on some legislation and some issues and some initiatives in some states. We don't even try. We're not even on the playing field because we have our biggest leaders and our biggest talk show hosts and whatever, influencers, just kind of playing with themselves and downright almost supporting the worst elements of what the left pushes because the left usually uses something like virtue and health and safety and right-wing you know, extremism and Nazis to push what they're doing. And every time they fall for it until it's too late. Now, speaking of that video, Folks, I want you to to listen to um This is a video put out by OSHA in 2011. Okay? 2011. By OSHA. And it's titled on YouTube Respiratory Protection for healthcare workers training video, and it's about forty-five minutes. It's worth watching the whole thing. You've heard by now. I've had on the show about three PPE experts. Two of them were OSHA trained, compliant. You know, they would basically train companies in OSHA standards for as as uh, environmental hygienists. So people work in hazmat. You know, in in hazardous environments, and they need certain PPE. They train them in the right PPE. How to determine the right PPE? Evidentiary standards. Then, you know what what your obligations are to your employee employees. How to train them? The protocols for using them. Uh, the time that 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 is that they they must be in them or not be in them. The breaks they need. And in case you thought that. Maybe they were making it up or something. Folks, take a listen. This is at the nine-minute marker of the video. If you want to watch the whole thing on YouTube, I'm going to play about two minutes for you on masks. Take a listen.
1: Face masks help stop large droplets from being spread by the person wearing them, whether that person is a patient or a healthcare worker. Face masks also keep splashes or sprays from reaching the mouth and nose of the person wearing them. However, face masks are not designed or certified to seal tightly against your face or to prevent the inhalation of small airborne contaminants. During inhalation, small airborne contaminants pass through gaps between the face and the face mask and the material of the mask. Remember, face masks are not considered respirators and they do not provide respiratory protection. Only face masks that are cleared by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the FDA for short, may be legally marketed in the United States. The FDA approval signifies that they have been tested for their ability to resist splashes of blood and other body fluids. To offer protection, both face masks and respirators need to be worn correctly and consistently throughout the time they are being used. When used properly, face masks and respirators both play an important role in preventing exposures to different types of hazards. If you need the protection of both a face mask and a respirator, you can use a surgical N95 respirator. Surgical N95 respirators offer protection from both airborne and body fluid contaminants and are approved by both NIOSH and the FDA.
0: Did you hear that, folks? They were very clear. Masks are for splashes. They are not for airborne viruses. Now, it wasn't in that clip, but but later on I couldn't find it. If you listen to the whole thing, you'll find it. They actually spell out SARS. They, they say tuberculosis and HIV and SARS. SARS. They knew it was airborne. It didn't work. It was just like the Australian government threatened mask companies with fines in 2003 for trying to indicate that somehow it would work no it's an airborne thing it doesn't work for that the only thing that can work is a respirator a mask is not a respirator so then they go on after that to talk about respirators and those are basically the things you see in the movies there's different types the helmet looking things like the things that they use in specialty labs but again you have to be form-fitted you have to be trained it has to be determined with evidence which thing you need And obviously, you can't walk around with that forever. It's only for a limited amount of time under certain trained circumstances. One-time use, take-off, take-on, done. And by the way, in the OSHA video, they talk about the one-time use for uh, the masks as well. But this is the big lie. Everyone's like, oh, healthcare workers use them. They use them for splashes, for visible things. Not things that are more microscopic than even the stuff they say to use. Because... Because then they start with the lowest level of respirator they talk about in the video is an N95. But even the N95, again, that was like for particulates like construction material, dust or something. Or I talked about this with um, the EPA and OSHA and various Western state departments of health put out guidance for fires. So fire... Uh, smoke inhalation, smoke particulates that they say mass don't work, but maybe an N95 would work. Those things are usually 10 to 20 times, they're microscopic, but they're 10 to 20 times larger than the virons of SARS, SARS 1 or SARS 2. So N95s don't really work for that either. You need the you need a level up from that. And again, most N95s people wear are not properly form-fitted. They wear them like a regular face mask so they don't work, even if they would work. And they reuse them because they're certainly, they reuse them because they're very expensive. More expensive than the other stuff, than the other diapers. So that version, uh, you know, the Cadillac version of the Chinese face burka, they use again and again. And they say when you reuse it, it is worthless. This whole thing is, it's not like, you know, usually there's 1% truth to every lie. The mass thing, there's 0% truth to it. And again, if you, if you actually use something like that, and everyone started using that, they would collapse and, and die from oxygen poisoning. The reason they don't, there's long-term damage that we're going to find out in the years to come, but it's not immediate, and that's how they get away with it, because they're garbage. They're loose-fitting whatever. They don't stop anything. The FDA to this day, Google FDA N95 respirator, respirators, comma surgical mask, comma and face masks. That's the title. Okay, it is on FDA's website, and they say very clear, very clear, that N95 respirators are not for use by the general public. Okay. Then they say CDC recommends cloth face coverings for use by the general public. But then they basically say it doesn't work. With surgical masks, they make it very clear that they protect you from contact with liquids. Okay, If worn properly, and this is only if worn properly, which 99% of people don't, because this is done with virtue signaling shaming. If worn properly, quote, a surgical mask is meant to help block large particle droplets, splashes, and sprays or splatter. While while a surgical mask may be effective in blocking splashes and large particle droplets, a face mask by design does not filter or block very small particles in the air that may be transmitted by coughs, sneezes, or certain medical procedures. Surgical masks also do not provide complete protection from germs and other contaminants because of the loose fit between the surface of the mask and your face. Surgical masks are not intended to be used more than once. It's straight up there on FDA's website. How there is no lawsuit is beyond me. But what is even more beyond me is how we don't have leadership from people from Ben Shapiro on up to to bang away at this, shame every Republican governor and state legislature to getting rid of this. It would fall in a second if we did this. I can't do that alone. And you know what's funny? We talk about shaming. So you don't get real science. In, in Canada, what's happening now is that the fear of public shaming is so prevalent. There was an article that doctors were worrying about it. It just drives COVID-19 cases underground. Because there's such a stigma if you're diagnosed with it now. Like as if it's your fault. And speaking of it being your fault... This is the main thing I wanted to discuss today. It took me a while to get to it because there's so much to say. My buddy Jordan Shackdale talk about people who do good work in this movement and people who don't and don't get enough notoriety for it. Jordan Shackdale used to work with me here at The Blaze. Um, He is one of my uh, disciples. Maybe I'll have him on the show later this week. He does his own investigative journalism. He he was the one who exposed... um, he exposed a lot of things. He, by the way, had a morally clear voice in early March on this issue, um, unflinching. He exposed the WHO's um, protocols on on first use of, of uh, ventilators that they got from China. So what he found, and Fox News copied this in their article today without citing him. I cite Jordan, by the way. Fauci opposed quarantine of Ebola healthcare workers in 2014. Folks, you can't make this stuff up. So as, as those of you who regularly listen to the show the past year know, I, I talk a lot about Ebola as the antithesis, as like the control case against coronavirus. Because it's really the exact opposite. When we Because a lot of people are like, oh, well, Daniel, don't we have the power to quarantine? States have the police power to quarantine. And I tell people it was designed for something like Ebola. And in fact, there were some new state laws, especially in some states in the Northeast, New Jersey, New York, and Pennsylvania, I believe, that actually have new laws on the books in 2014 because of Ebola. Ebola is the exact opposite. Ebola is something that's not inevitably bound to spread everywhere. It only transmits through bodily fluid. So on the one hand, it is very deadly. In, certainly in the third world countries, it has a 50% infection fatality rate. Maybe in America it would be less, but it's still it's still very, very deadly. But on the other hand, it doesn't spread that much. And, you know, this is um, a kindness of God. It's also a microevolutionary theory that a virus, if it wants to become common, it has to adapt and become less deadly because it's harder to spread from dead bodies, right? The two work together. So there is both the imperative to quarantine it and also the ability to quarantine it. It's quarantinable. It's not bound to spread. When it initially comes out, you're counting cases in terms of three, five, seven people. So you identify them, and you just make sure they're not near people, and it will die out. It won't spread. So it works. Now, what happens is, and that's why Ebola is just really like in third world countries where there's no control and they don't have sanitary conditions and all things in place. But in America, we don't have it. It only comes to America if you let it in your country. So what was happening was you had all these like doctors without borders and the healthcare workers, including Fauci himself, they went to West Africa to treat Ebola. Fine. God bless you. But then they were coming back. So it wasn't like, oh, you were maybe in the vicinity. This is a deadly quarantinable virus in a specific part of the world that they went there and treated Ebola patients. So it's limited in scope. We're talking about a handful of people. We're talking about that they directly came into contact with it. And all we asked is that, A, we have a travel ban temporarily from West Africa, there is no constitutional right for Africans to come here, or even Americans to necessarily have the ability to travel back and forth over international boundaries when there's a threat. It's a limited time, it's very limited scope, and at the airport, Governor Chris Christie and Cuomo, actually, New York, New Jersey, they were quarantining, and say, said, look, if you're one of these healthcare workers, you have to isolate for three weeks. Sounds pretty reasonable, okay? Limited period of time, Limited number of people, and even those people, after three weeks, you could live your life. You don't have to wear a mask for the rest of your life. You could do what you want. Three weeks. You choose to go to the source of the place and, you know, go ahead and treat people. That's the only way you're going to bring it in. And indeed, we had, uh, I believe, 11 confirmed cases in America. Two of them died, and they were, they were mainly from travel from there and, and often like nurses or doctors. That went there. Fauci went on NBC, meet the press, and he openly railed against the travel ban. He railed against the way we treat healthcare workers. He said the science is not there. If you don't have symptoms, they don't need to quarantine. Quote, we appreciate the fears of the American people, but you don't want to have policy that would have negative unintended consequences. The scientific evidence is what needs to drive us. He said on ABC News with Martha Raddatz in October 2014, quote, if you put everyone in one basket, even people who are clearly no threat, then we have the problem of the disinfective of people that we need. He called them heroes and said they were protecting America for going overseas treating them. We know that people who are without symptoms are not a threat to transmitting it. You don't get Ebola unless you come into direct contact with bodily fluid. So there are things that we have to get, that that we have to be careful. He went on to oppose. He went on to oppose the travel ban. That Rand Paul and some were calling on Obama to do. And he said that suspending flights and travel from West Africa would cause unrest in those countries. I want you to let that settle in your brain. He was worried about the unrest of Africans from banning travel to America when they're not Americans for a virus that is very deadly, very temporary, and very quarantinable for just a few weeks. Yet this same son of a... I still abide by FCC regulations here, even though it doesn't govern podcasts, by the way. This same piece of garbage, this same subhuman maggot, probably the most evil person alive today, wants to indefinitely for years cover our faces, lock us down, lock down seniors, miss all of life cycle events, destroy education for a generation, destroy mental health for a generation, destroy every other physical health diagnosis for a generation. Destroy the economy. Destroy life dreams of small business owners. Destroy our liberty. Destroy our relationship as human beings with each other. Always, all circumstances, whether you have symptoms or not, whether you have the virus or not, whether you had it already or not, whether you had the vaccine or not, for a virus that has already spread to 35% of the country, 115, 130 million people, And it has been proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that nothing you do changes the geographical and seasonal trajectory of the epidemiological curve. Unlike with the five people that had Ebola that you could quarantine and stuff in the hole. When it was quarantinable, he didn't want to do it. And now that it's not, he wants to do it times a million. Why? Because this is what the elites support now. And back then, it was the elite organizations that supported that, and it was like a travel ban, like cutting off African immigrants, if you know what I mean. Oh, no, no, no. That's what it is. We are not governed by the rule of law or even the rule of science, which, by the way, is not our constitution, even if it, if it were scientific. We are govern, governed by a sadistic two-tier justice system. One set of rules for them and one set of rules for us. That's what it is. No matter how much the truth comes out, why can't Republicans in state legislatures get up in committee hearings on the floor in their respective legislative chambers in, in states that Trump won by 40, 30 points and say what I'm saying now? What's wrong with these pea brains? Because again, we have no leadership. No leadership Whatsoever, whatsoever, that's what it is. No leadership, you know, everything they say is false. Do you know that in Denmark, they're now at 48% of cases are B117, the Kent English variant? So, half their cases are already the new variant. Which, as we know, there's no new variant. There's hundreds of variants, and we're just deciding to focus on this without any context. The cases have dropped over 85% over the same six-week period of the circulation of this variant. (laughs) Another article from the LA Times. Okay? New optimism, some of you might have seen this, new optimism that COVID-19 is finally dwindling as L.A. gains some herd immunity. So the L.A. Times finally discovers, finally discovers herd immunity. That it is unavoidable. Whatever you do, it will spread until you reach it, and then once you reach it, it will stop spreading. That's it. Some viruses are quarantinable, like the ones Fauci doesn't want to quarantine. Some rights are not rights and are avoidable, like foreign travel to America. But for the rights that we do have that can't be taken away, for a virus that can't be quarantined, that's when they want to go all out. While 12% of Americans have received at least one dose of the COVID vaccine, far more people—approximately 35% of the nation's population—The LA Times here have already been infected with coronavirus. O'Fit estimated, it's one uh, guy they quote who is O'Fit here. He is um, Dr. Paul O'Fit of Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Chop. Studies have found that people who survive COVID-19 have immunity for several months, though it likely lasts even longer. Here we go. Dr. George Rutherford, UC San Francisco epidemiologist, he said cases are dropping fast in California because of naturally acquired immunity, mostly in Southern Cal. He estimated that 50% of LA County residents have been affected, infected at some point. So they did everything they can since early last March to shut people down. They were wearing masks the whole time. They maxed out. After a few months, people were walking their dogs with it outside. You get dirty looks if you didn't wear it outside, much less inside. Everyone was wearing it. You couldn't get service anywhere without a mask. And yet it came with a vengeance. It was delayed. It wasn't its time to come there. And when it was its time, it was its time. And then two months later, it saturated and it stopped. Think about this. They told us, Daniel, you're right. It's going to spread. But what we're going to do is to slow the curve so you don't have the overrun stuff. So you don't, like, get it, like, 50% of people at once. It's, like, 5%, 10% at a time. And that way, on net, you'll wind up having fewer deaths because, you know, better, more, um, you know, just just, just a, a more orderly way of handling it in the hospital. Do you understand? California got that very thing that they said they were going to avoid. They got smashed. Other places were more gradual. They, got, they barely got, uh, got anything in California. They, they avoided it for a long time, especially for a state that large. And the fall, boom. It just, in two months, they got like, you know what they always said? They always said, letting the virus rip as if it's up to us. Daniel, you want it to just cut through. You know what's funny? That's exactly what happened in California. California juxtaposed to Florida is the biggest example of their lie. It is buck naked. They are exposed naked. There is nowhere for them to run or hide from the lies that they have perpetrated. Now that we see it doesn't work, now let's study all the damage they've done from something. It's not just that the benefit wasn't worth the cost. There is no benefit whatsoever. Zero Imagine taking lives and money and just flushing it when you could have done nothing and would have had the same result, except not as many seniors would have died from dementia and atrophy and life experience lost. The mental behavioral disorders of the rising generation, we can only begin to imagine what's going to arise from that. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But they're still... It's not like they're... The LA Times is advocating a change in policy. 50% of LA County, they estimate, has it. Another 12%. I mean, I don't know how many there, but on average, 12% have gotten the vaccine. I don't know how many already had it, but you get what I'm saying. You're awfully close to that herd immunity threshold. And yet they won't let go. And the reason they won't let go is because they don't have to let go. Because we don't even have the strongest voices in our movement saying what I'm saying, pushing what I'm pushing. And if you can't influence California, could you influence West Virginia and Idaho? Please? Texas? With Governor Greg Abbott, what a fool that guy is? But this is where we are. This is where we are. No leadership. No leadership whatsoever on any aspect of this issue. It's very sad. But this is why you gotta come here for for leadership. And we're gonna do it together. So there's a lot more on the COVID fascism we can get into. There's a lot more on crime. But... One other story I wanted to talk about, there was this poll some of you might have seen, 46% of Republicans would disown GOP for Trump. Suffolk University USA Today published a poll that 46, you know, they asked people, if Trump started a party, would you stay with the GOP or would you go to Trump? 46 to 27 said they would go with Trump. But the fact that you see so many undecided, if you actually had the party, I'm sure they would go along with it. People are starving for leadership. But my colleagues continue, no, Daniel, we have to have a Republican body. They're going to say it until their dying breath. We'll be in chains and in prison by then, and they'll still be saying that. I'm, I'm looking for what works. I mimic the energy and the commitment and the unrelenting pursuit of goals of the Democrat Party. Some of my colleagues mimic the values of the Democrat Party, but not their commitment to fighting. That's the problem. They're so busy virtue signaling and operating within Twitter and, and in social media, which has fried people, people's brains out because they don't think like human beings. So they're all busy like, trying to present their image like, oh, no, 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 I'm I'm not like that. George Floyd, oh, the Capitol riot, oh, COVID, COVID, yeah. And and you're going to have the next thing. And they're going to fall for it hook, line, and sinker until it's too late. Until it's too late. And another example of a lack of leadership. We talked about the Supreme Court. Supreme Court ruled today, six to three, that The Pennsylvania case, meaning with all the the ballot changes that the state Supreme Court made out of thin air, is moot. They refused to hear it before the election, and now they say it's moot because the election's over. Thomas dissented, and then Alito and Gorsuch wrote a separate dissent. I'm not sure. I haven't had enough time to read the difference between the two. But notice who's absent from that. Gorsuch has his own problems with the libertarian issues. When he doesn't, then he's with Alito and Thomas. But Kavanaugh and Barrett. I warned six years ago, and then I wrote a book, Stolen Sovereignty. I said, the courts are a one-way street. This is the game they play every time. The left goes and they control all the lawsuits. So they'll fire against anything we have. If you have a good lower court ruling, immediately the Supreme Court will take it up. But the other way around, if you have life-altering changes being made by a lower court, our guys, you know, the, the Supreme Court never takes the ruling, never takes the appeal, and the lower court chicanery always stays for years to come until they finally overturn it and then they're on to the next thing and the next thing. I warned. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, Biden is forming a commission to go, to go reform the court. I'm like, good! Let it come out in the open. Let, him, let them pack the court. So we end judicial supremacism. The only reason we need the Supreme Court is because the stupid lower courts. Get them out of the business of lawmaking. And then, when we have real fundamental rights, then we just are looking for individual relief. We don't have any lawsuits. I can't even find them. It's utterly insane. Everything is a two-way street. It's a two-way street up and down the system. And this is the thing. It's not going to end until we make it end. But that's going to take leadership that is going to take leadership and it's going to have to come from all of us that's the thing it's up to us to make a difference only only we can do it you gather in liberty force strike teams again i appreciate your patience because it is going to take a little bit of time to get it off but you know, I think about seven hundred of you have signed up at con And we're gonna have other URLs. We'll have better URLs that redirect. And eventually, you know, I'll find a team leader and then put you all together on some sort of maybe signal or whatever, and you guys could take it from there. And every day, every week, I'll talk about, you know, the five, ten things that I think we need to be pushing. You could and, and and look, I need you too. A lot of you have been very helpful sending me good and bad things going on in your respective legislature that I could focus on. And I need that. I can't do this as one man. I have no way of following every proceeding of every legislature. So what you guys post at our Minimin Speak Speakeasy Facebook page, or what you email me at deharowitz at blazemedia.com, um, it's very helpful. It really is. Um, especially if there is legislation. I know we have some state legislators listening to the show and some of you have reached out to me that's another goal I have heck maybe we could have a front site Patriot Academy uh, Constitution Coach training at front site we'll do the defense training with maybe groups of 50, 70 uh, legislators pick a couple of patriots from each chamber share ideas together this is how our revolution started with the committees of correspondence between the legislators this is all we have but why aren't people that earn fifty times what I earn and have, you know, all the advertisers and revenue, why don't they get involved in this? Well the answer is because often they're on the other side until it's too late and then it's on to the next thing they buy into. It's kind of like what Rush always talked about, the drive by. That was one of his best analogies because that's what happens. The left comes in and they, they shoot like a drive-by shooting like from one of these uh, jailbreak gangsters out of Chicago and there's mayhem. They sow mayhem in the crowd and you know, throughout all the chaos, no one sees what's going on and by the time you clear it up, they're down, down the road to the next thing doing, doing it again and they never get held accountable, ever. This is the problem we always have. There's just zero accountability. So I'm not sure how we even change that. I don't know. But this this is our challenge. No one's going to do it for us. If you're waiting for one leader, one presidential election, one guy, it's not going to happen. Obviously, a lot of people see a lot of leadership from Ron DeSantis, on Friday, he announced election law reform. You know, barring third party. The government would give third-party organizations money to get involved in elections and advertise stuff. We would literally give the Soros organizations money. So he's barring that in Florida. He's a couple other reforms going after the ballot drop boxes, mail-in ballots, signature verification. He's the one with the anti-Antifa and BLM bill. You know, on crime. He's the one... Going after COVID fascism. He's the one going after big tech and privacy. He is in a Trump plus four state. What about all the Trump plus 15, Trump plus 20, plus 30, plus 40 states? How come we're not seeing that? Because we have a failed party. Why do we have a failed party? Because we have a failed movement. Why do we have a failed movement? Because of failed leadership. So that's the thing. I'm not a leader. No one person is. No one person could do it at this point. We need to build a bottom up movement. A little different flavor in each area. I'm not going to try to just, you know, run it from here. I'm just trying to put you all together because I have an audience. And I figure, you know, if we have 30 guys that want to get involved on a certain. You know, part of a state or something. You know, state affairs. Certain parts. Some some of the counties in in a given state, they don't know each other. Well, I could put you guys together, and now you do. And now, you're not just thirty times more powerful. You're probably thirty thousand times more powerful when you get together. It's a lot easier to get meetings with people. Do media. You make your own state website. We'll put it up at our national website. When we get it started, we'll have 50 state – we'll have tabs, a state page where you could link, you know, find the organiz- allied organizations in each, each state. And some of them already exist. There are some good ones, and I, I have no need to recreate that. We could, um, you know, ally with them already and, and put them up. But here's what it's going to take. An email from David. And he's a listener, longtime listener, from Iowa. I thought I'd share an experience I had with the mass Nazis yesterday to give give some hope to others facing the mass cult. I live in Iowa, and I've done a little bit of basketball officiating this year for middle school and youth leagues after retiring from it a few years ago, mostly just to get out of the house since I've been working from home the past year. I've done some middle school and youth games and to my surprise, the middle schools didn't require any mask wearing while players were playing but the youth leagues are making all players wear the mask while playing. Enforcing child abuse, of course. Yesterday, I was scheduled to do some games at the Y for third and fourth grade. When I walked in not wearing the mask, I asked the front desk where I needed to go since that was the first time I'd been to this site. The lady working said it's right down the, hu- right down the hall and asked me to put on a mask. I replied, I'm not going to wear one she replied, it's only until you get to the gym 20 feet away. And I said, no, I'm not wearing it. If you want me to leave, I will. I wish I could describe the look of utter disbelief on her face. Clearly no one had ever challenged her on this policy in the past. But she led me to the gym and no, and with, further, with no further discussion to where the youth sports director was situated. I talked to him for a few minutes and he informed me that all players and coaches were required to wear masks, most likely hinting to me that I should wear one too. I just told him there was not a chance I would enforce that and that the whole mask mandate was stupid. That was the end of the discussion. I think it's safe to say that with the players and coaches and two courts running there, there were probably 100 people in the gym and I was the only one not wearing a mask. Even the official in the other court was wearing one from what I could tell. No one said a word to me about it, although I'm sure some were not happy about it. After finishing the games, I went to Chitoli to pick up food and walked passed their mask required signs on the door and ordered paid and left without putting a mask on again no one said a word although the governor lifted the mask mandates this is um it's iowa governor uh kim reynolds most businesses still require them then the answer is if we don't believe in them just don't comply i found that out yesterday i'm ready to fight daniel I would have had the courage to do this even six months ago, but thanks to the information you have provided, I'm ready to bring the fight to them. And that's the thing. When they walk up to you and they say, by the way, when they say we have a mass policy, I say I don't have a mass policy. I'm a human being and it violates human rights and it doesn't work. And this nonsense has got to stop. It's gone on long enough. And Done. It's up to us. The vacuum is not going to fill itself. We have to fill that vacuum of leadership. I didn't get to the crime stuff today and the holding people for trespassing public property without bail while the worst murderers are let out with bail. I'll have an article on that tomorrow. Maybe we'll have a special guest on. But send me your comments, concerns, and questions to dhorowitz at blazemedia.com. Sign up for one of our state teams. Tell us a little bit about yourself. There's a section there to do that. If you have any particular interest or you know connections, if you are a state legislator, um, let me know because we wanna do something special to organize and network state legislators together. Look, I'm one man, I'm trying. You guys are a growing audience, I'm thankful for that. We need this audience to grow even more so it can have a bigger impact and we can actually show people what true leadership is. Till tomorrow, God bless y'all, and thank you for listening.